And now, the Awkward High Five Podcast presents Devin's Things I Like. I'm Devin, and this is what I really like. You want to know what I like? Pondering. Some days I'll just sit around and ponder everything. Like, for instance, does a turntable not posted on Instagram truly exist? Or has there ever been a suicide girl that actually committed suicide? And if so, did she get employee of the month? I love pondering. As a matter of fact, I'm pondering right now about if anyone could tell that I just wrote this five seconds before I recorded it, or that the whole pondering thing is just a way to recycle old jokes I already used on Facebook, or when I should probably shut up and just say, pondering, you're what I like. I wanted to say something. What? You cut me off. Um, did we ever say that we were getting rid of the uh, the fireworks? Did I ever say that? No. Because we got a uh, we got it. We, I got an email right right before the show. Actually, when I was waiting for you to show up, um, I read an email that uh, that Alex uh, sent us. who listens to the show, and uh, he wrote he wrote a lot of nice things. He um, well, first off, welcome to the Awkward High Five podcast. My name is Devin, and I'm Richie. Okay, good. He wrote he wrote a lot of nice things. He said he loves the show and uh, and all this good stuff. But he said he said don't get rid, please don't get rid of the fireworks and the uh, whistles or whatever. And I was like, no, they're my favorite things in the world. I don't think I want to fucking get rid of them. I didn't say I wanted to get rid of them. I said I wanted to add to them. Oh, what did you want to add, Mr. Boombastic? Oh, well, you know, another thing that he said though was. Uh, he said um he said i i don't remember you saying this uh probably because i don't pay attention when you talk but he said that you said something about a song this song, can you remember this song that was playing the first time you fingered a girl <laughs> do you remember saying this at nah, all no nah, it probably did and uh he said um which was nice enough to say was that uh he does. He doesn't remember the song that I don't think that was playing when he first fingered a girl, but he remembers the album that was playing when he first fingered a girl, and that album was Soundwaves and Sunsets by the uh, Hazlitt, New Jersey's own The Grillers. Oh no! And um, empty oceans. And and <laughs> and that's great, and that made me feel good that 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 our music was being played someplace. However, I'd like to say, Alex, if you're listening. That whatever uh, whatever girl you were fingering while that was on, I give her all the credit in the world. Because if a chick who could get wet while my fucking voice is screeching <laughs> in the fucking background, believe me, I live with this voice. That's a fucking vagina dryer. <laughs> vagina's just, I start seeing vaginas just dry all over the fucking world. Panties up. But uh, thank you, Alex, for the email. I appreciate it. It was uh, it said a lot of nice things. He listens to the show. He digs it. Tell your friends, spread the A high five word. Uh, yeah, so what did you want? I wanted uh, the Mr. Boombastic. I don't even remember you asking for that. What? Like four episodes ago. And then I said, where's the Boombastic? And you said, I promise I'll get it next time. So it's, it's one of those, you know, push it along, push it along. Don't really want to do it. I just don't even along. remember it. 
That's all. If uh, if you if if I did have it though, which one would you want? Would you want the from the middle of the song or the beginning of the song? Not the Mr. Boombastic. I just want like in the middle when he's like Mr. Boombastic, like this. We want some bombastic, romantic, fantastic lover. Oh wait, that's fantastic lover. How about this one? She called me Mr. Boombastic. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Or maybe this one. Mr. Boombastic. <laughs> I'll take that one too. Or what about this one? She called me Mr. Boombastic. You really thought that oh, I was going to let you down? Thank you. This is this is my favorite byproduct of it, though. We're all just a bombastic, romantic, fantastic lover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all just a Mr. Bombastic, fantastic lover. Oh, my God. I'm so happy right now. Yeah, there you go. I got it. Yay. I didn't forget you, RTG. Now it has to come at all the right moments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when we could possibly play that. Yeah, not many things are up. Mr. Bombastic. That's, that's actually pretty good. I'm good. Love that. Um, so last, let's get right into it. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Uh huh. And it's something about forgiveness. Even what song is that? I don't know. Even if she don't love you anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Am I just making that up? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, so uh, so you know, I've been I've been I I put my songwriter cap back on mm-hmm. recently. Good. Uh, yeah. I guess it's fucking frustrating. I forgot I forgot why I stopped writing songs for so long is because it's a, just like writing like fucking writing a short story or writing comedy or anything like that anything that has to do with writing is just a painful shitty process that no human being should yeah. ever go through unless it comes to you right away and you know you have a gem it's good but if you're sitting there thinking it's Oh yeah like if the if the heavens open up and you just get handed something <laughs> yeah yeah which is an which is an actual phenomenon that happens because a lot of a lot of uh, songwriters, you know, like if you if you listen to like, you know, real I'm talking about real songwriters, your Paul Simons of the world, shit like that. Um, a lot of them Garfunkel's. He was the money. Uh, OK, <laughs> uh, a lot of them say that they're the best song that they consider the best songs or no, I'm sorry, not the ones they consider the best songs. The, the ones that their most famous songs are usually ones that they write in the shortest amount of time that just kind of feel like they came out of nowhere. Yeah, because they did. They came out from the heavens. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, is, that is what happens. You know, they get they know it's a goodie. They write it real quick and the rest is just filler. I wish that ever happened to me. That happened to me like once or twice in my life. So none of the songs that you ever wrote for our bands were ever just like, ah, wrote it. Well, they I, I mean, some of them were. Yeah, sure. But but they were like, uh, but they were also kind of like, I didn't really work on them that hard. So, you know what I mean? Like, especially like when we're talking about our first band was just a three chord punk band. So that was kind of easy. I was thinking more gorillas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, uh, Wet cover up was probably, I think I wrote that in like an hour and people consider that a good song, I guess, whatever. I don't want to talk about our bands. I'm just talking about um, the writing process. The writing process is in any writing process is fucking painful. It's like, it's Mm. like somebody's like fucking, like pulling fucking spikes out, like barbs out of your skin, and it That's fucking it. hurts. Turning tragedy into comedy. Yes, exactly. So uh, I'm doing that now. Um, what was my point of even starting to talk about that? How we're getting the band back together. Oh yeah. Oh well. Yes, I guess I can segue that into. Uh, first, thanking everybody that's that sent in their their band name suggestions thus far. Yeah, I'm excited to hear some of them. I if, bet you there's a good one in there that I'm just not getting to. There's one fucking um, that uh, 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 Dave sent in. Uh, Dave sent. Uh, I got an email from Dave the other day, 
and it sent he sent like a bunch and a lot of them were again just like references from the show and shit like that but there was one that had me fucking rolling but i'm i mean we're gonna one sometime soon i don't know the exact podcast but it's going to happen soon we're going well, well we unveil the winners i want to take a peek at all the losers too yeah no we're gonna read them all oh, okay but, good. but we'll figure it out but, right. but we're gonna stretch we're stretching this out because we don't have a fucking time period i mean right technically we don't need a band name until we play our first show which might be fucking 2018 right. Who I knows? you know I what i mean you. i know but i want to save them all because i want to see what what lies but anyway if you don't know right uh, already, uh, we're, we're we're running a contest we, we're for our new band that we're putting together, and we're letting you choose the name of the band. So write into awkward high five podcast at gmail dot com, awkward high five at Twitter, uh, all the fucking places we are. The website, anything, write them in. Tell us your things, your uh, suggestions, and at one point we're going to pick a winner. And not only are we actually going to use that name to name our band, but we'll also give you the a high five. <laughs> prize package the all-inclusive and whatever shit we have at that point that's another reason why we're going to take our our good time doing this is because we don't have any prizes i sent out uh, egg (laughs) i sent out our last uh the last stickers that i have um to a few people this week so if you if you wrote and asked for stickers or you wrote a review and wanted stickers and you haven't gotten them yet they're on their way and now we're out of everything. We got it. We have to restock. Okay. But we're waiting on some logos coming in. Yeah, let's uh, switch it up. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're, and stuff like that. So that sounds cool. Down the road, keep sending in the band names. Down the road, we are going to pick a winner and what and t-shirts, stickers. You could come on the show. We're gonna name the band that. Whatever the fuck you want. It's gonna be one of those things. Mr. Bombastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It feels good. Yeah. It's a good feeling. What, you like it? Yeah. Or you like this better? She called me Mr. Bombastic. Sounds like uh, Shaggy's got a little frog in his throat. Yeah, there. I like that. She called me Mr. Bombastic. Sounds like he's doing a meatwad impression. <laughs> she called me Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> you know, like to make that voice, he has to like scrunch his face up and kick his head way back and shit. Mr. Bombastic. That's actually a great fucking. <laughs> she called me Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> She called me Mr. Bombastic. She called me Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> well, do you want to just do that for an hour? Because I could definitely do that for an hour. Uh, it's weird the fucking the, the music that got got popular in again nineties, right? That was the nineties. Yeah, 90s yeah, nineties. Because when I was when I was pulling that drop uh, to to put it on the thing, it, it shot me back to a fucking eighth grade dance. Yeah, because sometimes when you're on YouTube and you pick those songs. They'll just throw you up songs that are related within that year, you know? Yeah, right. They'll throw you up that song, Itty Bitty Bop, Itty Bitty Bop. Remember what, that one? What's that? Oh, uh... I don't know who it was. Uh, Feel the beat drop, jazz and hip-hop, Bitty Bitty Bop. Lucas with the lid off? No. no. You, you think Lucas with the lid off, but it's not. It's two different jams. Oh, man. But I, it, I miss um, Lucas with the lid off. I wonder uh, if Lucas ever got that lid back on. <laughs> Where is Lucas today? I don't know. I'm searching for his lid. Working, uh... Sand and gravel, doing some, working some menial job. <laughs> Who are we to make fun of that? You work a menial well, job, I'm and I'm, I can't even get a menial job. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. You always fake the funk, and I never fake the funk. What about uh, what about MC 900 Foot Jesus? Um, how'd that go? Bunk, he was like the original Eminem. Check on the Mr. Bombastic. Now Why just, do I hear a crowd in the background? Like he's live. 
<laughs> I guarantee you this was the uh, this was the album track. But now all I could hear is fucking Meatwad saying it. Check on the Mr. Boom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that poor man. Maybe yeah. that's what Shaggy's doing. Is no, working you know for his real voice swim. is like, hi, I'm Shaggy. You know, I'm just from fucking Connecticut. <laughs> we want some bombastic, romantic, fantastical lover. Hit song, hit yeah, song right wherever there. Wherever he's from, he's definitely boombastic. All right, let's do it. Let's. What's uh, last episode? You tr- you tried to segue so horribly. What to, was that? To the point where was that last? Ep- yeah, it was last episode. No, was it? It might have been the one before that because I remember you making fun of my segue last episode. Uh, yeah, about trying to get into the meaning of life. Yeah, and yeah. It, and it was the worst fucking thing ever that, that was we like a week ago that we actually had to bail on it. Yeah, we bailed, and then we said we were going to talk about it, and again, then I guess we didn't talk about it. I'm losing track of these episodes. Yeah, they're going quick. Okay, so let's do it. Let's get deep. Let's get uh existential as shit up yep, in this yep. fucking a high five studios. It's not a Tuesday though. And you tell me. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's Friday. We got out. Uh, I can't do it. You do it. <laughs> God damn it. And um, I'll never be a famous. Mr. Boombuster, crazy mustard lover. Check on the Mr. Boombuster. And uh, I got a drink and it's Friday. And who gives a shit? So let's talk. Well, I just got a question. Okay. Would uh, Please tell me this is another chick, horrible segue. Yeah. If you're talking to a chick, would you rather her call you Mr. Boombastic or Big Papa? Hmm. <laughs> You know, Big Papa would be nice, but then I would kind of feel insecure because maybe it was about the weight thing. <laughs> like the old Papa Bear? Yeah, right. If she was calling me Big Papa for a certain reason, then I'd be like, yes. She was calling me Big Papa because, uh, yeah, because I was a, uh, it was a biggie. Like Biggie? I like might not like it so much. Biggie like. So you would say you'd go with Mr. Boombastic. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like Big Papa. <laughs> well, okay. Then go with it then. I'm going to go with it. All right. Has have you ever even gotten close to a girl calling you Big Papa while no, in bed? No, yeah, well, neither, not even close. Neither did I. So, mm, sucks. It's a good question, though. Yeah. Then I, have to, I guess I have to find a black chick. So <laughs> if she does call me a boom, does I call her Mister uh, Boombastic or Big Papa? I guess she's allowed all the oh shits she wants. You got to find a black chick who was uh, who was fucking at least a teenager in the nineties. Then because there's no there's no <laughs> chick, there's no anybody younger than that that even knows who Shaggy is. I know that's all right. Okay, tell the story, Richard. What story? The story that led us to the meaning of life. You were hanging out with a friend. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just hanging out with someone that asked me what the, I thought the meaning of life was. Now, and this alone is... Let me jump in right away. This alone is weird. Where were you guys? Let's paint the situation. My house. Okay. So, you're at your house. Oh. So, you're all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So, this is just a fucked up talk. That's uh, why. Yeah, sure. For some reason, I was picturing you digging sprinkler holes and the guy and like nah. the Mexican you were working with was like, what's the meaning of life, <laughs> man? Man, you know life? What's the meaning? You're all rusty. You're rusty like a bike. <laughs> you're like a bike and rusts. Uh, okay, so you're yeah, at, no, at my house, just yeah. talking, uh-huh. and he asked me what I thought the meaning of life was, and I said, ah, shit, not one of these, you know, because I hate these conversations, they kill the mood, but uh, I said, why, what do you think the meaning of life was, and he said that he thinks that the meaning of life is to overcome fear, mm-hmm. and I just lost it. I said, that's ridiculous. You're living paranoia and self-conscious, and you're ruining your life by thinking that is the meaning of life. Okay. Am I supposed to go further with this? Yes, expand. This is what, we're, what I wanted to talk about. Uh, all right. Well, um, okay. First, number one, you could. Do you have? Do you have an idea, an inkling of what? What do you think RTG the meaning of life is? 
is you were given this life, so enjoy it and have a good time and do the things that you, that make you happy specifically, you know? So be happy and have fun and, and laugh more. What if, what if what makes you happy specifically hurts other people? Well, you either can't do them if you have a conscience, or if you don't then and you're a fucking sociopath, then still do them and suffer the consequences. So you feel like, uh, like, like uh, serial killers, they're, they're just living life to, the, to their fullest? I don't know that. You know, maybe psychologists know that. Maybe that's why they do that. Maybe okay. that's why they kill, because that's their happiness. Right. You know, and they do it. But to us, it's unacceptable. So okay. they have to pay the price. So if they're paying the price to achieve their extreme happiness, then it's worth it to them. Okay. You know? Okay. It sucks to us. We don't want someone going around killing. Right. But if to them, that is their extreme happiness, I guess they're overcoming their fear of not killing. <laughs> um, oh, well, okay. Fair enough. Now, you're saying that facetiously because we've kind of had this conversation off of mic. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it's overcoming fear. I think that's retarded. Right. And, and, uh, and I kind of agree with your dopehead friend who <laughs> fucking said this. I want to hear how you agree. Well, okay. Uh, I'm not going to... Maybe it's not the meaning of life, like the secret fucking chalice that we find and drink from and all of a sudden we know everything and right. in, that, in that kind of arena of thought. But I do believe that life itself is overcoming fear. I, I, I agree with that. Okay. Because whether you know it or not, we all live with all these fears that eventually once you overcome those fears, then you could start living more than you've lived before. And these fears are fear of failure, fear of success, fear of death, fear of uh, embarrassment, fear of – they go on and on and on. And and it's and it's all in the human psyche. They're all there, and they're all little battles that we have every single day. You know, like, what if you don't have those battles? You do, you do. Oh, I, okay. I I'll tell you right now. I know I know you do. You know I have fears. Yeah, you have fear of success. I know that for a fact. I have fear of success. Yes, you certainly do. It's kind of uh, like what, like an oxymoron or something. <laughs> Okay, how is it an oxymoron? Because why the hell would I fear success? Uh, because there, it's it's a thing that a lot of people and a lot of successful people do. Mm. Uh, it, not that you or I are successful in any stretch of the imagination, but it's it is something. But I would be if I didn't have the fear. Uh, well, that's not to say that's true either, but, but I know the way that you function and, and I'm not, I'm not ragging on you. No, just, I want to hear this all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I wish Stephanie was here. She'd probably be able to do, to say this yeah, better. Yeah. Yeah. But I know from, from, uh, from working with you in different, in different uh, facets, the, the way that you function and I'm the same way is that, uh, w- uh, you're hesitant to give anything your all like to, to really, like give it one hundred percent because in give it one hundred yeah one hundred to keep it one hundred ten percent uh you're 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 hesitant to do so because and you you know obviously this isn't a conscious thought this is subconscious but in your mind you believe that uh, like y- you really don't want the results that would come from if you really said fuck it like if you really said fuck it I'm going to be the best drummer in the world and get into a band and work my ass off or, or, or you were to say, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to, you know, devote 100% of my creative energy to this podcast and really make this happen and, and start like cold calling people and trying to get shit going and everything like that. And I'm the same way. The reason, the reason that we don't do that is because deep down we're afraid of success. You see what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? 
I mean, it, it, things make sense, but it doesn't. I don't think it boils down to a fear. I don't think I'm afraid of success. I think it's more of just like doing things in place of the things you you know. It's like prioritizing. You know, I, if someone told me, you know, if I do the the you know A, B, and C, I'd be successful. I wouldn't be like. Uh, no, and like run away scared. You might not run away scared, but you also wouldn't do it to the best of your ability. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I'm scared. It just means I'm a slacker. Well, when I, I don't mean fear in the way of like I'm afraid of spiders. I mean a fear as in something that, that is holding you back. A resistance, if you will. If you're going to look at the Stephen Pressfield version of all of this, he, he talks a lot about resistance. And, and creatively, resistance is something you have to get through. But resistance is synonymous with fear. You could use them. They, they're, they're interchangeable. So whatever your fear is. So, so what I'm trying to say, and this is the reason we brought it up, is that your friend, I think, is onto something. Because it's, to do anything new. So, okay, can we at least agree on this? That life uh, is, you, in life, you have to go forward and change, correct? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, if you're just living the same day over and over and over and over again for fucking however many years... I mean, that's you're living, but you're not truly living. Right. You know, you have to you have to expand your boundaries. You Mm -hmm. have to try new things. You have to meet new people. You have to do to do all that stuff. Correct. Yeah. Right. So in order for us to do that, we're always overcoming some sort of fear. Like anything unknown is scary. You can't say you can't say that you've like, let's just take this podcast for a second. I mean, this is the most low level shit in the world. It's two two best friends of 30 years uh, sitting in a room trying to make each other laugh. And then hopefully some people listen to it. But but you can't say that when we fir- when I first came to you and said, hey, I want to do this podcast. You didn't get a kind of thing of like, this is weird. Like, how's this going to work? Am I going to be able to do this? You know, those kind of things in your head, whether whether they were something that you sat and ruminated on or something that kind of just flashed in your head and you thought about. Yeah, of course, it flashed like, you know, is it going to be good? Like, am I going to totally suck? You know, but Uh of course, I still did it. I wasn't going to be afraid of it and hold back. Yeah, because you overcame that fear. That's what I'm saying. But that's life. Some people don't overcome that fear. Procrastination is a byproduct of fear. You know, so if somebody's if somebody's just sitting at home, like jerking off fucking constantly or or dudes living in his parents' basement fucking smoking weed at, at fucking 40 years old and like and isn't doing anything that's not because they're 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 unintelligent or i mean in some cases maybe but in most cases it's not cuz they're unintelligent or they're or whatever it's because they don't they, they they're afraid to go out and do what they truly want to do is what i'm saying does that, that makes, make any sense that makes sense yeah right but you think that's the reason you think it's it's they're afraid to or it's just the fact that they're fucking lazy and they're so like because their parents are allowing them to do that. They're taking the easy road by saying, fuck it. I'm fine. I'm content with just laying on this couch in the basement smoking weed. I don't have the pressures of life and this is easy. Now, I can't I don't know if I could say that because uh, because uh, I don't know. I've done both like like the last the last however many years of my life five years of my life i kind of fell into a thing where i was just happy with going to work making my money come home getting drunk you know uh, hopefully having sex every once in a while and, and hanging out with some friends and and i can't truly say that i was happy that whole time right and but i can truly say that i was kind of not addressing some fears of mine i wanted to go out i wanted to start doing stand-up I wanted to to I, I mean a podcast wasn't on my list but but any sort of creative thing I want to start playing in bands again and and stuff like that <clears throat> 
And I could tell from my experience that I was just fucking, I, I, even though I, you, I would have never have told you that I would have just told you, yeah, man, I did this. I did. I played in bands my whole fucking life. I'm done with it kind of thing. But I was really just kind of afraid to make a change, to leave all my shit behind and do something else. Yeah. And I, if I mean, you've, I'm sure you've had uh, times where you just kind of fucking like sat around and didn't do anything for a few weeks. Right. Yeah. And did that feel good or bad? It was terrible. Yeah, it always feels terrible. Yeah. And so if that's your if that's your human um, the emotion that you have, you could pretty much bet that anybody else has that same emotion. Uh it, you know, whether they say they like it or not, if you're just laying around smoking weed and doing nothing with your life, sooner or later, you're going to have this thing where like, man, I'm fucking wasting my life. But what makes you sit around and do that is the paralysis of fear. See what I'm saying? You have to you have to be afraid of something, otherwise you'd be out there doing something. I guess. You know? I guess. I mean, I could see how you would make it fear, but then there's there's so many other things you could say it is besides fear. You know. Uh-huh. Like what? Like um, you're lazy and. Well, that's what I'm saying. Laziness and procrastination, I believe, and this is just what I think. I mean, you could say that's fear, but you could also say it's because you. You know, you have no motivation to get on to get up and put your shoes on and get out. You rather just sit there and get, you know, stoned off of weed. Okay, well, I mean, the weed thing is irrelevant. Right, I'm just, I'm just I, bringing that up. But, but I'm just saying because you know, if you're laying, you're either doing that or staring at the wall or watching TV. You know, you're doing that because it's the easy road, and you don't have to put any work towards that. Right, but but because the the tough road is tough, you're afraid to work. But you really do want, as a human being, you want whatever the result is of taking that tougher road. Or sometimes it has nothing to do with the result. The road itself is the reward or whatever it may be. I mean, everybody has different desires and different things that make them happy. Right, right. But it, it, ultimately, the, the reason that you're not taking that tougher road is because you're afraid of how tough it's going to be. You know, you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yes. Yeah. So the, what, I'm, what I'm saying and what I'm agreeing with with your friend is that the more that you overcome fear in life, the the happier you'll be. You know, it doesn't mean that you're going to overcome your fear of success and then all of a sudden be rich and successful. Right. Or, you, you know, you're going to overcome your fear of dying and then never think again about, holy shit, I'm going to die one day or, or any of these things. Yeah. But the better you are at, at, at acknowledging and then overcoming those fears – the more adventures you're going to have in life, the the happier you're going, to, you're going to be, the more open to things you're going to be, the less secluded, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, humans are, are sociable animals. You know, we desire other people. We desire to, to do things like that. I mean, of course, there's introverts and everything like that. But, uh, but I, I believe, you know, I, I think like a lot of, like, you know, people say they have social anxiety. That's all fear. That's fear of, you know, going up and talking to somebody yeah, yeah. because you're afraid of what they're going to think of you or how they're going to react to what you say. Mm-hmm. You know, I've dealt with that in my life. You know, is there, uh, is there any giant fears that you've dealt with in your life? Let's be honest here. Let's yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I've been thinking, I'm going to try and work on that. Um, let's see. I fear. She called me Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> I fear Shaggy's voice. No, be honest. I know, I'm trying. Because, like, 
it's hard because I don't see it as fear. You know what I mean? I, to me, going home from work sucks. And for me, not going out and meeting people sucks. I fear that I'm going to have nothing to do. Okay. That's a fear of mine. Okay. Yeah, if the, gonna, you're, you fear boredom. Yeah. Okay. I, I, have, I have FOMA, fear of missing out. Oh, that's fucking... I hate you for using that, by the way. What? Why do you just say YOLO while we're I at it? I saw it on TV. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, it is kind of like a YOLO. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, pause on our, our introspective conversation right here, but I watched... Uh, you got you and my brother got me watching that animal show. How funny is that fucking show? Show's hilarious, but they fucking... They, uh, they, I, I'm not going to say stole, but they, it, 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 there's some parallel thinking there with our fucking 311 bit. They, 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 there's an episode where, um, there, I, I forget what episode it is, but one of the rats or whatever, he's like, oh, and I got this tattoo that I've been meaning to get rid of. And it's a 311 tattoo. Is it? And they make fun of 311 the whole time. Really? And then at the end of the episode, the episode ends with yummy, 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 down, down. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, we got good Charlotte in. Yeah, it happens, man. It happens all the time. I'm not going to, I'm not taking away from them. They did it funnier did, yeah. than we did. Yeah. And that show is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay. So go ahead. I was going ahead? Yes. With what? Oh, your fear of boredom. Yeah, I don't want to miss out on anything fun. I want to, you know, be able to live every second of my life as fun as it was meant to be. So do you think that maybe that's a catalyst for the uh, the drug abuse that you uh, that you dive into? Could be. Could be. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Trying to make the bored, you know, boring moments, like, have something to do, you know, right? To, uh, yeah. So if you're fucked up, it's not just sitting not around just watching doing TV. Nothing. You're, yeah. just, you're you're actually having fun sitting around watching. Yeah, TV. I guess. I guess. But you know, there's like uh, th- there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of probably clinical psychologists and stuff like that that would argue that drug abuse in general is just escapes from some giant fear. Right. You know. Yeah. Which uh, which I believe it probably is. Maybe. I believe you know like uh, I'm not really a drug abuser, but I, but I guess you could call me an alcohol abuser, and I, and I believe that's true. Like uh, you know like I'm drinking right now. There's no reason for me to be drinking right now. I'm not going out after this. I'm not doing anything. I'm, we're gonna wrap this show. I'm probably gonna sit fucking in my room by myself editing this, <laughs> drinking fucking vodka. It's gonna be a lot funner with the booze. I don't know. I, I think it's more of I think it's more of the fact that you know what like I, I fucking my life right now is pretty stressful and I, and, uh, and, and I don't want to go completely off the rails and just drink all the fucking time. So I contain it to the weekends, but it is a way to fucking forget. It's a way to forget that. Oh, like, Holy shit. I don't know what the fuck's happening. I don't really know <laughs> which direction I'm going in and shit. And for a little bit of time, I'm able to overcome those little fucking fears that I have just by shutting my brain off with alcohol. I got you. And I, I believe you. that you do the same thing with your maybe, fucking, with maybe, your shit. But I don't want to look at it as a fear because to, in my mind, there's really not many fears going around. If you have all those fears, then you're almost ruining your life. You got to, I think you got to more look forward to things, you know? Okay. I think there should be more things that should make you happy. Not, you know, you look at something that makes you happy and you're going to do it in the back of your mind. Be like, oh, I'm going to have that fun because I'm overcoming a fear. You know, just. Well, yeah, no, this is all subconscious. Nobody really thinks of that. But you might you might think about it later. You know, I guess like like I the the biggest the 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 times in my life that I've felt the best. Mm hmm. And I'm not talking about drugs or alcohol related. I'm just talking about naturally felt the best of my life mm-hmm. was a time where I was sh- fucking shit afraid to do something. I forced myself to do it. And then and, and actually the, the result doesn't matter whether it was good or bad. 
whether I fucking I died or I fucking or I killed or whatever. It doesn't matter. But I always afterwards just getting over that fear always made me feel the best. Hey, that's good. I'm just saying I think that's true for everybody. Okay, I think that, you know, why not? I'm sure that there's different levels of it. Okay. You know, but maybe maybe people have their little fears and they get over them and they're happy and they never looked at it as fear. But I just think going as far as to say that's the meaning of life. I think you're pushing a lot of important stuff to the wayside. Like what else? What else? Yeah, like what um, else? Like the love of things. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think love stems from fear at all, you know? Um, uh, maybe, though. Uh, you know, but th- they're two equal emotions. I, that's like saying that fear stems from love. You know, I, I just don't. I okay, just, it just doesn't play well in, in the book of RTG. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't. It makes no sense. You know, like going around and loving things is not the equal to going around and fearing things. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. Okay, I can see that. But what about like the fear of love? You know, like there's a lot of that too. Yeah, there's a fear you of know? love. Like, is there a love of fear? Uh, well, I like the band Fear a lot. Yeah, there there is a comfort in fear, just like there's that comfort in being sad, and that like it's just like a, it's a rainy day, cozy, throw the blanket on, light a candle type feeling. Well, there is definitely a comfort in being uh, scared. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't. Or else horror movies would never make it. Or we wouldn't go on roller coasters, or we wouldn't jump yeah. out of planes, yeah, or, it's or an any adre- of that It's an stuff. adrenaline thing, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but that you know, that's another thing is, is you're overcoming. Right. An obstacle right. by doing that. See, by by having this conversation, we're pretty much, you know, going deeper and deeper into science by saying emotions are just chemical reactions in our bodies that give us feelings. They are. I know, but I don't want to look at it like that. And so are thoughts. Right. But it's a great way to look at it, man. It's a terrible way to look at and it. I think it's a great way to look it takes, at it. It takes all substance away from it. It takes everything, all the wonderment and all the excitement away from it. And it's just, oh, it's just something that makes chemicals go off that give us certain little feelings that we call the air shrimp butterflies (laughs) okay yeah you're talking about the love side of things but but on that's the side i stay i get it i get it man you're a lover Mm -hmm. and i know it you're fucking uh what you want is a bombastic romantic fantastic lover that's right but on the on the other side of things the fear of things and i and and i wonder how many times we've said the word fear so far in this episode but uh that oh god i fucking lost my, my train of thought oh to know that the anxiety or or uh, or actual fear or being afraid of something is just a feeling, an emotion, and emotions aren't you. Your thoughts aren't you. That kind of thing. Right. Uh, that's a freeing revelation to have. Okay. Once you understand that about yourself, you know, like one, like like when you're younger, and I mean, for me, this was up until a few years ago. If I felt like fear or anxiousness or depression in you know i i that was me so i would i would say i'm depressed i'm afraid i'm anxious now when i feel that i recognize it as if as a feeling and a thought in my head but not necessarily what i'm actually going through so now i'm processing that you see what i'm saying i hear you and once once you understand it okay my i'm feeling this but it's not true. It's not real life because your brain will always your brain is never real life. It's always going to fuck with you yes. as much as it can. Yes. The resistance again. Once you understand that, then you can really push forward and get more things done. Yeah, because really those things you're feeling or those emotions are just, you know, 
like we said, the chemical reactions in your body that make you feel something, it's how you act on those things that define you. So, you know, if you fear something until you actually act on that fear and make a decision, it's that decision you make on that feeling that defines you by by your actions. It's what you do. Yeah, right. And have you ever felt like have you ever been uh, hesitant to do something because you were afraid of something and then didn't do it? You ultimately decided that you weren't going to do it. And then after that, have you ever had that experience? I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. After that, you always feel like shit. Yeah. You always feel like. And then you're like, fuck, I could have done this. Yeah, and right. If I did that. This would have happened. It just fucked up the whole snowball yeah, of or life. Like, Why am I such a coward? Why did I not fucking do that? Yeah. You know, and you'll sit there and you'll beat yourself up over it. The opposite of that is is uh, the opposite of that is if you if you push yourself to go through with it, no matter how scary it is. You're always going to be proud of yourself yeah. and feel good at the You're end. You're gonna be of a it. champion, and no matter what, and and no matter what the fucking result is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't, you know, I don't want to go through this forever, but I found that very interesting when you said to me a few days ago that that you thought it was weird that your friend said the meaning of life is overcoming fear. Where I kind of like, I I think that that might be, it might not be the meaning of life. Like, of course, the meaning of life to me is just be nice to everybody right and and love right and that's good to people right that's that's has to be the meaning of life. right right but i think a huge part of life and at least navigating through life in the right way is overcoming fear okay all right you you made sense of it dad you got it i like your philosophical uh thinkings so did i change you on this no God damn it. You know what it takes to change RTG? No, I, I know. A fucking lot. Yeah. A lot. My my man is set. Set in my ways. Like a pillar. Speaking of, um, so you've been working now and uh, and making some cash money millionaires. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so uh, what do you think about the drug use? Has it been ramping back up? No. You sure? Yeah, level. Mm-hmm. Level. You, are you lying? No. I'm good, man. I'm working every day. I'm kicking ass. I'm, you know. Well, one of my fears as as uh, as your friend and somebody who is trying to monitor your drug abuse is Mm -hmm. and and was over the winter. You weren't working at all. So you're broke and you're and you were sober. But I'm afraid that now that you have some money in your pocket, it's going to change. No, no, it's been exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People listen to this podcast want to know. You got to be honest yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm telling them. It's, it has not changed. You know, my desire is to still, you know, be drug free. Maybe a little bit of the marijuana here and there, but still want to be, you know, free of the hard drugs. So I'm not going to up the ante by going in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, right now. I'm so just, you're, you're you know, staying the course? Yeah. A thousand points of light. And our. <laughs> I don't know why I found it so funny, just because of Dana Carvey. Maybe. I, I I have been, however, upping the cigarette ante, and that's possibly the worst thing I could do. The cigarettes are hard, man. They're tough. I just lo- I love them. Yeah. Yeah, especially I guess that's a problem now that I've been working again is the butts. They make me want to smoke butts. Work. Yeah. Work is a butt. But uh, working outside is uh, like a fucking. Yeah. You want to have a butt while you work? It just goes hand in hand. I guess. I know it's been so long since I've had a cigarette that I don't even remember it, but I do remember. Mm. I do remember working and one and and like waiting to cigarettes are such a ritual thing. Yeah, you know they like it's like okay, I'm gonna get this done and then I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. Yeah, I'm gonna eat this meal then I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. I'm gonna fucking you know fuck this chick then I'm gonna, gonna smoke, smoke a cigarette. cigarette. Yeah, whatever with her, whatever. And share it. <laughs> yeah, whatever and it may clip be. It. <laughs> um, 
I was never a big cigarette after sex guy. No? I feel like that. I feel like that's more of a cliche in the movies and TV than it is in real life. Like eventually, I would smoke a cigarette. When I was a cigarette smoker, after I got laid, I would eventually smoke a cigarette. But it wasn't the roll over in bed and be like, yeah. ah. But I eventually, it, it probably does soothe things in your body because I know drugs after sex, all the feeling goes straight to the parts you just use, and you get a huge tingle. Oh yes, I know that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, smoking a joint. You do? What's that? You do? Uh huh. Okay. I'm, well, I, I'm not. I'm not heroin. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I don't spot you there. No. <laughs> but, that was a secret dope killer. He fucking does mad shit. We know it. That's going to be the big usual suspects fucking twist of this <laughs> podcast. We're going to get to episode 250, and then all of a sudden it's going to be like, damn, is the heroin addict? <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, of course it is. <laughs> no, it's not even surprising. Uh. I, no, but I mean like uh, like smoking a joint or or when I used to do other stuff right afterwards, you know, like that kind of thing. I, I get that. That's awesome. It, it uh, well, it's also about your blood flow and where yeah, it's going at that I, point yeah, and all flow. and all that shit. Well, maybe the, the cigarettes do the same thing. I fucking. Do you have any desire to quit smoking cigarettes? I would love to quit smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. I like. We have a, a friend of ours. Is smokes and I think now he's doing this thing where he smokes these like filtered cigars and tries to act like yeah, he's not yeah, smoking yeah. cigarettes, but he's still smoking. Probably worse. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And uh, you got to stop altogether. You can't like, oh, I'm going to start smoking fucking, you know, cardboard cutouts of air. No, you're going to lead to smoking again. Yeah, right. You got to cut the habit. Yeah, and, and I, you know, uh, I I quit cigarettes cold turkey after smoking cigarettes for 15 years, and um. And this might be hindsight, which is 2020, in case mm-hmm. you didn't know. But uh, I don't think it was that hard. Yeah, it wasn't for you. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was that hard. And and I and I and I never. My thing with cigarette smokers is, if you want to smoke, fucking smoke. I get it. Cigarettes are fucking awesome. I don't give a shit. I I fucking don't mind being around cigarette smoke. I believe that people should still be able to smoke in bars and clubs. Uh, it's ridiculous that it's banned. Yeah. Like I'm not a, an anti-cigarette, non-cigarette mm-hmm. smoker. I just quit for my own reasons. Right. But I don't like to fucking. I, but when I know people are really saying like, I don't like doing this anymore. I want to fucking quit. That's the only time where I'll step in and be like, well, this is what I did. You yeah, know? yeah. It's tough work. You better recognize. And you're fucking right. The only way to quit smoking cigarettes is to just stop smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Same thing with drugs. You know, well, but there's also implications like you can't just quit fucking doing heroin or you might die. You yeah. if you're if you're an alcoholic who drinks fucking yeah, alcohol is different. If you drink every day, you can't just stop fucking yeah. drinking or you'll fucking die. Yeah, you know, that's that true. kind of thing. That's you got to wean off cigarettes. You could just fucking stop. Yeah, you know, totally, totally. Do you remember the night after I that I stopped smoking cigarettes? You With actually the shots? did we talk about this we on the podcast? About it, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time you want a cigarette, do a shot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Blacked out. You. This is in in the most ironic twist of all time. <laughs> you helped me quit something where I was. I had quit on a Thursday. The next day, we went out to the bar, and I was fucking dying for a cigarette because it was the first time. I hadn't smoked in 24 hours. And you're boozing. And I was drinking. Yeah. And everybody was smoking cigarettes. And you were just like, every time you want a cigarette, let's just do a shot. And we did it. And I don't remember the fucking night. But all I know is I woke up the next morning and I didn't smoke a cigarette. And I was like, fucking, I could do this. And then I just didn't do it anymore. That's awesome. But uh, I think, again, okay, let's just bring that back Mm -hmm. to fear. Yeah. You know? Because I don't think, I think when you're, again, and I don't know shit, I'm dumb as fuck. So I'm just giving my opinion here. But 
when I think a lot of the people trying to quit, yes, they are chemically addictive and your body gets addicted to 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 tobacco and stuff like that, the nicotine. But, um, but I think a lot of it is mental in the fact that this is a ritual that you've done for so long. Of course. So that you are afraid of how life is going to be without that. That makes sense. You see what I'm saying? It's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big change and there's fear that comes over a big change. Yeah. And I think that it, that probably ninety percent of a fucking of quitting something has to do with that mental challenge more than it does the actual physical challenge. Yeah, because you, know? yeah. you could get through fucking anything. physical challenge, physical challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I'm a big ritual guy, but there's nothing ritual about cigarettes to me except maybe a cigarette after something. But I don't crave cigarettes via ritual. I'll crave. Like pot via ritual, because I think pot's something that a few people should sit around, have a good discussion, and smoke. You know what I mean? Right. That's a very ritual thing to me. But things you do by yourself, eh, not too ritual about, you know? But, I don't know. I think, uh... Well, like, I know that, like, when I smoked cigarettes and I would drive to work, I would have, uh, I would have, uh, like, points in my drive to work where, you would light where I would butt. light up a cigarette. I hear you. You know, like, um... Or, yeah. Well, I told you that story about, uh, so I, I had quit smoking cigarettes and went through this. I quit smoking cigarettes after our band stopped playing. Yeah. And I had gone through every single cigarette thing that you go through, like having sex, not having a cigarette, eating a good meal, not having a cigarette, drinking alcohol, not having a cigarette, uh, being at, on my break at work, not having a cigarette. Pretty much every single thing that a person would go through where it would feel weird not having a cigarette. And years later, like we're talking about maybe three years later, I was I was uh, helping my friends out in their band because they needed a bass player. And I was playing bass with them for a little bit. And it, and we played a show. And and this is year. I mean, like I didn't even think about cigarettes anymore. And we played we played uh, we played a show. I got off stage. I was throwing my bass in the fucking case and I was sitting there and I just got this feeling all over my whole body of light it up, dev dog. No, but it wasn't that. It was a feeling of I was missing something. Yeah, I had the same feeling where like you you go out to a store and you forget your wallet or like one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Like I just had this feeling of what am I missing right now? Something is missing right now, and I could not. I checked everything. I had my wallet, my keys, my base was in the case. I had my pedals and my cable. I checked every fucking <laughs> thing. I didn't know what it was, and it was a really weird feeling. And then all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit. This is the first time ever that I played a show, got off stage, and didn't light a cigarette yeah. immediately. The little charred man smo- smoking in the seat next to you looks over and is like, hey, man, want a cigarette? <laughs> I just quit myself. And fucking, it, and how that many years later, it's still ingrained in your body to have that feeling. Your body's like, is this is when we smoke a cigarette, mm. you know? like I remember... Uh, when my mom had passed away from lung cancer, I said, that's it. I'm done with cigarettes. I'm never smoking cigarettes again. And my girlfriend at the time really supported me on this. And she didn't want me smoking cigarettes. And she'd find, like, like an alcoholic. I'd have, like, Marlboro lights underneath the milk. And I'd have fucking Newports under the mattress. And I'd be hiding cigarettes all over the house. Like, that shit, you know? So we're on vacation. We're in one of the islands, I think, Dominican Republic. And we come off of this, like, boat ride. And I'm in the bathroom with these dudes. And they're smoking a cigarette. I'm like, man, give me a cigarette, please. I was all drunk. So he gives me a cigarette, and it's one of those, like, fake, like, ecstasy cigarettes. And I was like, it's all sweet cover-up, so I'm smoking it, and I come out of the bathroom. My girl's like, what are you doing? You're smoking a cigarette. I was like, it's all good, baby. It's an ecstasy cigarette. (laughs) 
Like the ecstasy was gonna make it a good enough reason for me to light up again. Wait, what do you mean by an ecstasy cigarette? I, I don't know. It's these things they make called ecstasy cigarettes. I guess they're supposed to make you feel extra good or something. Oh, so it's not. It was you weren't smoking MDMA somehow. No, you were, no, it, it was it, like an ecstasy <laughs> cigarette. And she fucking was like, "You're a dummy," but still, I was like, "God, good enough reason to light up." It's an ecstasy cigarette. It's like that shit that uh, that you buy like on the fucking a head shop on the boardwalk yeah, where it's yeah. like fucking like uh whatever natural yeah. ecstasy exactly or like that. exactly like it never fucking never fucking works oh man one time i was pulling out a uh the steak exchange with that same girl and we're arguing about something so i pull out and forget to put my lights on so i get pulled over like right across the street from the bar and i'm like fuck i'm screwed you know i'm gonna get another dwi it's over and uh he's like yeah your license and registration how many dwis in were you at this time two mm. <laughs> And so I was like, fuck. No, oh, so this actually, is- no, one. I was only one. This would have been my second. So this was before the uh, breathalyzer yeah, in the yeah, car? Yeah, yeah, before all that. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, fuck. You know, I had to get my license and registration out. So I popped my glove box, and boom, out pops one of my stashed packs of cigarettes, you know? So we're already fighting. Then I get pulled over, and I'm drunk. And then a, a pack of cigarettes pops out, and she's like, here's your license and registration, dead man. (laughs) (laughs) So I gave it to the cop. I happened to know the cop. He told me to turn my lights on and let me go. So I was like, thank God. But I was thinking about the wrath that I was going to get when he left. So thank God he let me go because as soon as, you know, but I wish I was arrested because as soon as he left, I got my ass whooped for having the smokes in the glove box. Now I know, I know, I think I know which girlfriend you're talking about. Yeah. And um and I know for a fact that she's married now. Yeah. And I know for a fact that her husband, when he was trying to like I guess they were dating or whatever, and I guess he started saying, like, I wanna marry you, I wanna marry you, was a smoker, and she told him that she that the only way that she would marry him is if he quit smoking cigarettes. And that dude quit smoking cigarettes in order to fucking I'm marry her. I'm sure he did. Yeah. So it seems like whatever she she she's dating, she's fucking got the grip on. Like yeah. Fucking no, uh, no cigarette, which is yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know? No, that's really cool. She definitely chameleonized after me. That's for sure. She's a chameleon <laughs> girlfriend. She took a lot of my shit, man. Let me tell you. I caught her swanking shit five years later. Oh, well, dude. Oh, look. I know. That shit happens all I of know the time. I know it does. I don't really care. I'm just saying. I think it's hilarious. I fucking... I dated a girl... Uh, I lived with a girl when I was in my, my early 20s who fucking liked uh britney spears and the shins and fucking <laughs> all that shit yeah, yeah. and uh the only band we agreed on was the ghetto kids and and i would you know whenever i listened to fucking hardcore and all that shit she'd be like shut that shit off shut that shit off and now if you see her she's like a fucking she's like a hardcore fucking chick she's <laughs> like see her in the pit yeah she's like fucking like i love the bronx you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah, and yeah. shit like that and you're just like what the fuck dude like <laughs> yeah. you know girl i mean and but i don't know i guess in aliens guys in, do it too guys do it too but like pathetic dudes do it well but i but you also have to make compromises like you know uh in my last relationship my fucking my ex-girlfriend loved pop country music i couldn't stand it it was fucking it was soul sucking mm-hmm. but you know if we're on a long road trip okay throw in your fucking country right shit. right but that doesn't mean and i'll just go to a fucking happy place but that doesn't mean you're gonna come to her house next day wearing a luke bryant t-shirt <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no or now or now like fucking be like i'm the biggest luke bryant fan yeah, in the world or yeah. whatever you know what's weird, actually, and now we're just bouncing all over the place, and that's fine. A lot of dudes that I know that were like, like hardcore or like metal guys. Uh, I shouldn't say hardcore, but like you know, like metalcore yeah, guys, I know like that kind of shit. What you're talking about. 
Uh, they're all like now that they're older and maybe family men, they're all into the pop country thing. Are they really? It's a weird direction from that. I yeah. know. I know a few dudes that were like metal dudes huh. that have become pop. Like you said, what's that guy's name? Luke something. Luke Bryan. Yeah, Luke Bryan is like the one I've seen. That a lot dude of. is a little toad. Yeah, I don't I know. I fucking hate that. Dude. I don't get it. I don't fucking I don't get, get it, it either. And that I bet you that has something to do with the women they're with. There's no way they just picked up an album one day and said, let me try Luke. No, their women are probably fans, and they're fans because their women are fans. They're married, they're kids, fucking some of Blake Shelton's songs makes their, makes their children bounce up and down, so they're forced to put the album on, and there you go. Rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey, whiskey <laughs> makes my baby get a little frisky. That was the fucking song. I the that, what? I don't know. It was one of those songs back, uh, this is a few years ago. But goddamn, that song was on every fucking second, damn. and I wanted to just, I wanted to fucking snuff it so bad. Yeah, dude. that song sucks, but <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, men become chameleons and women become chameleons. It's just funny when the funniest chameleon is the dude that like never gets laid, and then he scores himself a cool chick, and then he just starts like taking everything she's got, her music style, her clothing style, everything starts like talking her words. And it's like, brother, come on. Or letting or letting her dress him. That's yeah. always the fucking best thing. Yeah. That wouldn't even be considered chameleon. That would be doll boyfriend. Well, it, it, that's been a breaking point for me because, and I think I've discussed this on the show before, but my my uh my my main way of attracting the opposite sex is the fact that I'm a fucking mess. And, and 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 women like to to fix people up. Yeah. Now I know this. I'm gonna fix him. <laughs> I know this, and I abuse this. Believe me. When you need new shit. Yeah. No, not even that. I just that's my way of attracting <laughs> women. You know, like uh, Alpha. I'm just a fucking mess. Women see me. They say I want to fix that mess. I know that there's a finite amount of time before when we start hooking up to they realize that they're not going to be able to fix that mess. And then I enjoy that time. And then as soon as they realize that they're not going to be able to fix the mess, they fucking move on to the next mess. It's been great. It's worked for me for fucking 25 years. Hooking up with mad chicks around sale season. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the, one of the, the points in the relationship and I could always see it coming is when the girl buys me a couple shirts and you're not wearing them and they're, and they're, and what they always are, or whatever the the people on MTV or the people on the Kardashians or whatever it is, whatever, like what? what, like the fucking like a Scott like Disick. like the salmon covered V neck colored V neck shirt, <laughs> or love to see that. or you know you know how do, the cool thing now is like dudes wear those like uh, those like tank tops with like the stripes like a lot of colors yeah, like yeah, striped yeah, colors yeah, yeah. and shit. You know, like whatever the popular style is yeah, all yeah. the time. Okay, okay. You know, and and then they'll they'll buy me those clothes, and I'll say, "Oh, thank you so much, baby," or whatever. And I maybe, wanted one of these, and I'll try it on like in front of them and be like, "Great!" And then I throw it in the back of the closet, and I'm never gonna fucking wear it yeah. because I've literally been wearing the same clothes for 20 years. Yeah, and uh, jeans and a hoodie, and then and then sooner or later they're just like. Hey, how come you haven't worn that shirt yet? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's just a little tight. Maybe you want to lose a couple pounds yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and then sooner or later, it's like, okay, you're not going to change. See you later. You know, well, that's the story of my life. At least you scored some free stuff. Story of my life. Such. What? Stop singing my favorite band. Something up something <laughs> nice. You like Mill and Colin. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. 
Well, we've gone all over the place in this episode. Yeah, it was a variety hour. I didn't mean to get too serious with the fear shit before, but I, that that is a big thing. It makes sense. That's a big thing that I've been concentrating on. You uh, have, yeah. All right. And if anybody wants any, uh, I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna fucking plug a guy here. All right, plug fucking, it up. Uh, if plug an, it up. if anybody wants to do any like. For if anyone's feeling that and wants to go further with it, there is an author called Stephen Pressfield that I fucking uh, cannot recommend more for people to uh, to read, especially if you consider yourself a creative person who wants to or it doesn't even matter. Even if you're a business guy, anybody who wants to expand their limits and feel like maybe fear is something that's holding them back. There's a couple great books, Turning Pro, uh, The War of Art. Um, uh, and there's a couple more that he wrote that are all fucking great books. As a matter of fact, I was, uh, I, 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 again, I read all my books on these fucking Kindles. I don't buy physical books anymore. Yeah, it sucks. Well, I know it sucks, but you know, I'm doing this whole minimalism thing, so I don't want actual possessions. Oh yeah. So it makes sense for me to have everything in there instead of sooner or later, I look over and half my room stacked with books and then I got to go give them away and all that mm. shit. But, uh, there is actually a book of his that I was reading, uh, recently, uh, that I was I was reading it and I was thinking of you the whole time and really? I want yes and I want to give you this book I think I'll I'm gonna it. think I'm gonna go out and buy I'm sure it's cheap I'm gonna go out and buy what's the, it called uh, Turning Pro actually is the one yeah yeah by Stephen Pressfield is it about being afraid of being successful uh, there's some of that in there yeah, yeah. but oh, it's but it's curious. it's also it's about it's about just being. Uh, what an a, an amateur does and what a professional does I got you and uh, and it's not it's not saying like. Oh, what a fucking like a kid playing baseball in high school and a kid playing baseball in the, and a guy playing baseball in the MLB does. It's your mindset towards something. I hear. So you. if you're going to commit yourself to doing something, why not be as professional as possible? Yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's a great book. It makes sense. And and I think and it helps anybody uh, like no matter what. Again, whether you're a painter or a musician or a podcaster or a fucking you want to start a fucking tech startup. Or you want to start a nonprofit or whatever the fuck it is you may be, it's it's a good book though to read. That's good, and I want you to read it. I think I'll benefit from it, so I could go pro. <laughs> not GoPro, not the. Uh... I'll go semi-pro. Mr. Bombastic, crazy master, master bombastic, crazy master. Mr. Bombastic. Can you do a meatwad voice one more time, man? Right? Mr. Bombastic. Mr. Bombastic. Alright. A serious episode on a Friday. That's odd. Cigarette time. Oh yeah, see you now you're sitting here thinking about the fucking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I associate weed I love with smoking a butt. Hey, can you do something uh just in in the life in the lifespan of this podcast? Can you do one thing for me and the listeners? What? Just quit something. Okay. Just quit something. I quit this podcast. Boosh! <laughs> That'd be fine. Uh, go on iTunes and leave a written review. Once we have 100 written reviews, we're going to throw a party. You know all the crazy shit we're going to do at this party. So just write the reviews. E class. Um, and then, uh, yeah, send us names for our band. And sooner or later, we're going to pick one. And you're going to win the Awkward High Five prize package. And we're going to put all fears aside and things start happening. Yeah, stop being so afraid about uh, sending band names or writing reviews. Overcome those. Face your fears. Face your fears. Yes. Thank you listen- for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast, and uh, we'll see you in a few shows.
Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.